from Podcast One. Coming up in this episode of Target USA. Kim Jong-un, is he alive, is he dead, or dying? Personally, I believe Kim Jong-un has been looking at this issue for some time. He's been in power for almost eight years. Ambassador Joe Detrani, former U.S. Special Envoy to the six-party talks with North Korea, has sat across the table from North Korea's top diplomats, and he understands that country as well as anyone. And he says Kim Jong-un's disappearance from public view could mean a number of things, and we'll discuss them all. But either way, he's been thinking about the day when he's not there anymore. This is pretty significant. I mean, if, if, if indeed Kim Jong-un is in grave condition, physical condition right now, uh, this is a very significant event. Two conversations on two different days, a week apart, with one man that's very knowledgeable about North Korea and Kim Jong-un, coming up on this episode of Target USA. The National Security Podcast. From WTOP in Washington, D.C., this is Target USA. Russia could render huge harm to this country. North Korea's secret missile capable of reaching the whole of the United States. Dangerous terrorist. D.C. is repeatedly mentioned as someplace they would like to seek an attack. Cyber criminals. Decryption successful. America has a target on its back. And on this program, we investigate the threats, the people behind them, the agencies fighting them, and the impact on you. This is Target USA, the National Security Podcast. I'm J.J. Green. On April 27th, President Donald Trump was asked a question about the status of North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. This was his answer. Uh, I can't tell you uh, exactly. Yes, I do have a very good idea, but I can't talk about it now. I just wish him well. I've had a very good relationship with Kim Jong-un. If I weren't president, you'd be in war. You would have been in war with Korea. You would have been in war with North Korea if I wasn't president. That I can tell you. He expected that. That I can tell you. Uh, I uh, I hope he's uh, fine. I do know how he's doing, relatively speaking. Uh, we will uh, see. You'll probably be hearing in the not-too-distant future. On the 28th of April, at another news conference, this was the exchange. You spoke about having a sense of what's going on with Kim Jong-un. Can you say whether or not he's in control of this country? I just don't want to comment on it. I don't want to comment on it. I just wish him well. I don't want to comment on it. This is what Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said. Quote, we haven't seen him. We don't have any information to report today. We're watching it closely, keeping track of what's going on, not only around Chairman Kim himself, but more broadly inside of North Korea. This is an odd statement because it seems to suggest that they know what's going on with Kim, but then at the same time, they're saying we don't have any information on it. So something is not clear and something is not straightforward and something isn't right right now inside North Korea with Kim Jong-un. But here's the bottom line. We simply don't know. As we've told you many times on this program, intelligence on North Korea is very cloudy, even for its neighbors, South Korea and Japan. South Korea is still saying there are no unusual movements. None have been detected in North Korea despite the rumors about Kim's health. That's according to their defense minister, 
They're stressing that Kim's absence from public view is not new. But here's what we've learned. The Chinese have sent a delegation to North Korea. We also know that a luxury boat has landed on the shores of the Wonsan Resort, where Kim Jong-un is believed to be. We also know that his personal train is still there. And we also know that there's still questions about what exactly is happening inside that villa in Wonsan. So one of the best positioned people outside of North Korea, outside of China, Japan, and South Korea, outside of that region to talk to, to get some straightforward, real deal understanding about what's going on is Ambassador Joe Detrani. He's the former U.S. Special Envoy to the six-party talks with North Korea. So that means he's sat across the table from North Korea's top diplomats working on a solution to North Korea's nuclear weapons program. So he knows North Korea and most things that take place there better than almost anyone. We've had him on this program for years. We continue to talk with him regularly, and he's here today to share some insight. Now, we had two conversations with him, one today and one a week ago. So we're going to give you both of those conversations today. We start with April 21st. We asked him about reports that Kim had had heart surgery and that he was in grave condition. You know, I, I think the news is probably accurate that he had a procedure done, probably heart-related. I mean, the, uh, the man has a weight issue, weight problems, and, and, and he's a smoker, and obviously he keeps a pretty busy schedule. So probably there was a, there was a procedure done. Um, I'm not sure how one defines grave. I've read some reports indicating, you know, he's, uh, you know, very ill, but I, I don't, I can see a procedure, but uh, I have a sense being, we're not seeing any movement of the military. We didn't see any visits from uh, Chinese doctors or French doctors or other things that this may be somewhat routine. Hmm. Have you heard of him having heart issues before? Well, it's in his family, right? His uh, his uh, his uh, father, Kim Jong Il, had two heart heart uh, attacks, and uh, he died from um, heart seizure, apparently. So, and the reports have been uh, sort of uh, anecdotal, given uh, you know the issue of his drinking and smoking or uh, weight issues and and so forth. So, I don't think there's any granularity as to specifics in regards to a heart condition per se, but I think there's enough tangential information to say, given his family history with his father, uh, he most likely had some issues related to his heart. Give us a sense, Joe, of what this means for national security, not only there, but here, this news and this situation right now. This is pretty significant. I mean, if, if, if indeed Kim Jong-un is in grave condition, physical condition right now. Uh, this is a very significant event. But personally, I believe Kim Jong-un has been looking at this issue for some time. He's been in power for almost eight years. Uh, he's removed many of those who were very close to his father and not loyalists to him. He's put in place people who are loyal to him. His sister Kim Jong-un has now just been elevated to the uh, standing committee of the Politburo, an alternate member. Uh, Che Rung Hei has been promoted to be the president of the uh, Supreme People's Assembly, which is the head of state. So he's put his loyalists, his family members all around him. 
uh, knowing that succession in North Korea is always going to be a difficult issue. It could be difficult in regards to who's going to be taking over, in regards to the military. I mean, we saw the execution of uh, Jong Sung Tech in 2013, his uncle. We saw in 2017 the uh, assassination of his older brother, Kim Jong Nam, in, in Malaysia. So this is something that's always been on the mind of Kim Jong-un, which speaks to how tenuous cir the circumstances must be in North Korea. He obviously must have known that he had to prepare to have loyalists around him who not only support him, but who could replace him in case, in case he is no longer in power. So... You know, you mentioned his sister Kim Yo Jong. There are some other siblings as well, aren't there? Yes, he has an older brother, Kim Yong Chol, who could uh, certainly play a role. He uh, he's been on the uh, on the margins of uh, political issues in North Korea. Apparently, he's into music. He he likes Eric Clapton and things like that. But this is a man uh, who who could be used. Uh, certainly, it's the Kim family, but he's not been as pronounced. Uh, as Kim Yo-jung, his, uh, his uh, sister, who's about four years younger than Kim Jong-un. If Kim Jong-un is in this situation, um, uh, is he incapacitated or not? And if he were incapacitated, what, would we, what signs would we see? Well, I think if Kim Jong-un uh, uh, indeed uh, was capacitated, incapacitated, uh, we probably would see some movement of the military, some of the security services. Uh, we would probably uh, see some uh, movement of the leadership elements, uh, Che Rung Hei, the Supreme People's Assembly. We would see some some movement going on. Certainly, uh, the uh, uh, in in Pyongyang, I, I think we would see some of that activity. Uh, and I I think there may be even messages that would be going out to various embassies. Uh, you know, Che Rung Hei is not only the uh, president of the Supreme People's Assembly. He's also the vice chairman of the State Affairs Commission, which is in charge of all diplomacy. So I think we will be see something from Che Rung Hei. We will see something from Kim Yong uh, uh, Kim Yong Chol. Uh, Kim Yong Chol has not been seen. This is another man that I did not mention, but he was he's also a vice chairman. Uh, so yeah, I think we will be seeing some uh, some activity, some movement in Pyongyang. Uh, whether we would see Kim uh, Kim Yong Joo, Kim Kim Yo Jung uh, active or not is uh, problematic. Uh, probably not. But I think Che Rung Hei, being the president of the Supreme People's Assembly, the really head of state, uh, and the security services and the military, I think we would see some some movement, some um, some communications, and apparently we're not seeing that. U.S. security. Um, what kind of concerns should the U.S. have? U.S. national security officials. I think this is a big. This is big. I mean, if, if indeed uh, Kim Jong Un is uh, incapacitated for whatever reason, and there's uncertainty as to a succession, and there are rumblings within the military, the security services, I think this is significant, uh, profoundly significant, because of the nuclear weapons, the missile delivery systems. Uh, the uh, the weaponry that's and also the conventional weapon weaponry in, in North Korea. I think who would who would be in charge of these uh, missiles, the the nuclear program, the conventional weapons, the, the chain of command within the Korean People's Army. I think it would be very very significant, certainly for the security of South Korea, uh, 
in the region, but also it touches the United States. So yes, I think any instability in North Korea has significant spillover consequences for South Korea, for the region, and for the United States. In just a moment, we're going to hear again from Joe Detrani about the latest developments that have taken place since last week. But we've been looking into how the international intelligence community tries to keep tabs on North Korea's leader and what's happening there. And according to current and former intelligence sources from a variety of countries, they use about 10 different techniques. One is satellite imagery. Another is they are always aware that North Korea is engaged in deflective tactics, meaning they know they're being watched, so they're trying to throw those who are tracking them off. There's surveillance of family residences. Then there's one particular residence near the Chinese border that's really important. It's called Xinhuizhou. They're also watching the Wonsan train station, which we've heard a lot about. They keep an eye on troop movements in the area where North Korea's elites live. And they watch state-run news for long features, touting the achievements of the Kim family. And that's usually a true sign that something is awry if they're running these long programs or long editorials in the paper because there is no new, fresh news from the leader to put in there. That's usually a telling sign. Of course, there's signals intelligence, eavesdropping on the internal communications, and, of course, activities at its embassies around the world. What are its ambassadors doing? If the leader dies, it's most likely these ambassadors would be called home. And then, of course, there's flight tracking. Only about a half dozen flights a day go into North Korea. If there's movement, more, or special flights, that would be noticed. Now, back to our conversation with Ambassador Joe Detrani and the latest on the health of Kim Jong-un. This discussion took place on April 29th. Are we any closer to figuring out what happened with him? No, I don't think so, JJ. I think we still have to wait for the... Uh for the North Koreans to tell us what happened. Uh, I think the sense is, you know, obviously he had a, not obviously, but seemingly he had a procedure. Otherwise the Chinese wouldn't have had doctors going in. And that team of uh, medical personnel going in from China, I think was in interesting in the point that uh, the lead uh, person on that team, the delegation was Sun San, who's the head of the international liaison department of the people of the Chinese Communist Party. And the gentleman's name is Sung Tao, S-O-N-G-T-A-O. Sung Tao replaced Wang Jiarei. Sung Tao has been in touch with Kim Jong-un in the past. Again, it's party to party. So having Sung Tao lead this medical delegation, I think is significant, uh, is significant because there was the medical aspect to the visit, uh, but also the political aspect of having the head of the international liaison department, Sung Tao, lead this delegation. So a couple of things that I've heard, and you tell me what you think. One source says there's a high likelihood that he died in China, went there to have a heart surgery, and that surgery was botched. He died in China. Delegation that came to North Korea, to Wonsan, I think it was last Thursday, brought him back. Is that likely? You know, I just don't follow that at all, JJ, to be honest with you. I think we would have, you know, assuming he went to China using his uh, his train, I think we would have seen movement of his, uh, his personal uh, train, his uh, 
that went into China. I think there would have been some movement there and some chatter back and forth about such a visit. Don't give it much credit. A key possibility I've heard is that he may be in hiding because he wants to avoid the coronavirus. That could have, you know, especially if he had a medical procedure, which means he's that much more vulnerable, right? Uh, and that that's that to me uh, resonates that, that he's not going to be out there in public. Uh, he certainly doesn't want to go out with a mask. He doesn't want to be meeting with troops in fear that maybe some of those troops uh, have the uh, virus. So yes, I could see a medical procedure and then a recuperation, uh, 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 significant recuperation, not only for the medical procedure, but also for the COVID-19 situation. Another piece of speculation came up a bit earlier was a suggestion that he had been injured during a missile test. They were sort of suggesting they were sort of suggesting that he attended this and somehow was injured in the process. Your thoughts on that? You know, I've, I've heard that. Uh, I know it was uh, mentioned on the media. Uh, I think Fox News had a piece on that uh, uh, from one of the uh, U.S. Uh, uh, analysts who follows North Korea. Uh, you know, that's it's all in the realm of possibilities. But you would think uh, he's been... Uh, and observing many of these launches in the past, they would have taken precautions necessary to ensure his safety, uh, sufficient distance and so forth. So, you know, and the sense is we don't, we, I don't think well, I've heard too much about a failed launch. I've heard a number of reports about successful launches. And on the 14th, I believe they were cruise missiles. So, yeah, I mean, that's always a possibility, but... To me, really, it really doesn't resonate too well. Okay. okay, so I wanted to get all that out there because that's basically people grasping at straws, right. trying to figure this right. out. Kim Jong-un has proven in the past to be very elusive. Um, we know that when he had his gout, and I think he had foot surgery or something like right. that several right. years ago, he, he managed to put the world into a tailspin trying to figure out what, where he was and what he was doing. So... What's your recommendation on all of this right now for the world? Because what what I see happening is people getting spun up into something that could likely lead to a an in, to a security problem just through speculation of what where he might be or what might be going right. on. Powerful media can put things out there that trigger other actions and reactions by people who hear it and see it statements by others which trigger other statements so what's your recommendation for the world right now when it comes to kim jong-un no i think his no no i hear you excuse me i i personally think we we have no choice but to wait until the north koreans come out with a message indicating uh you know what's happened uh you mentioned the ankle situation when he was he was out of sight for a period of time. I believe, I believe it was in 2014. Uh, and then uh, he came out and he was uh, using a cane. And the, the message was he had uh, a procedure done to his ankle. So I think that's it. I think if, you know, there's a lot of speculation going on about, you know, is he deceased? Is he, uh, you know, is he uh, gravely ill? Is he 
incapacitated in some way. Uh, I, I, you know, personally, I don't think it's very helpful for reasons you cite. Uh, it could it could uh, lead to uh, some, uh, you know, uh, I can't imagine the actions, but maybe some people misinterpreting it or or the North Koreans misinterpreting some events outside of North Korea, thinking that people are taking advantage of the fact that Kim Jong-un is not visible, he's not being seen. Uh, it lends itself to, you know, uh, possibly a, a, a mishap. So I think the thing is, you know, but there's almost a cottage in, industry here when Kim Jong-un is, is not in, uh, visibly in sight for a period of time, there's so much speculation and so many pieces going out. It's fair to say, look, there are possibilities here. He's, uh, he's recuperating and we'll eventually see him again. And the North Koreans will make that clear. If, if the worst case scenario, if he is deceased, something gravely uh, unfortunate happened and he is deceased, they're going to have to let their own people, obviously, but the world know about it also. And that's when we look at issues of succession. And I think, you know, when we talk, you and I talked about succession, I think Kim Jong-un has, has planned, not only with the Kim Yo-jong, his sister, and it, it's not coincidental that it was on the 11th of April that she was appointed to the Politburo as an alternate member. That's pretty significant, I think, the timing. This man is thinking about that. He, he doesn't replace his his, his uh, older brother, Kim Jong-nam, in 2017, uh, because he's not thinking of succession. He is. He's, he doesn't remove his uncle, Jong Stone tech in 2013, because he isn't thinking of succession. He is. And he puts people like, uh, uh, you know, Che Yong-hae uh, and, and, uh, as the new president, because he's thinking of succession. So I think this man, Kim Jong-un, he's, he's, very, uh, he's obviously very bright. He knows the system, his system, better than anybody else who knows the system. And the key in his father and his grandfather experienced this, and he probably learned a lot from both, is that you have to make sure you have loyalists around you, and he's done that. So worst case scenario, if he's not there any longer, he's prepared for succession. If he's recuperating, we'll see him soon. And it will be continue, a, a continuation of where we were with North Korea. They'll continue to launch missiles. Hopefully they don't do an ICBM or have a nuclear test. All right. There was one other thing that may be a bit more um, legitimate than all of the other theories that we've talked about so far today, and that was of a, a sighting, alleged an alleged sighting of a luxury boat pulling into the headed to the Wonsan station, um, which seems a bit more plausible if Kim Jong Un is there alive and well, is carrying goods or whatever servicing you know the complex you know as right. i assume food and other right. staples that are necessary does that seem more plausible to you that does and that's a very good indicator you just indicated i mean if that indeed uh transpired where they're moving uh material into the once on a uh, residential area it's, it's a big compound right and he obviously has a big staff there they would need to uh they would need to ensure that the uh, the sufficient supplies there uh, so yes, that is an important indicator. No, no, no question about it. To me, that sounds uh, reasonable. So that could suggest that there may be they may be there for a while, uh, considering if he is and did have the surgery that you and we believe happened, he would need to heal. If there is this concern about coronavirus, which honestly, I've spoken to some other folks, um, you know, North Koreans who've defected uh, and 
people who follow North Korean issues, and and they say for sure that 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 COVID nineteen is a gigantic problem there, but that the Korean government, the North Korean government, is simply not acknowledging it. So if they are moving supplies into place here, it may be a long time before we hear or see him. That that's that's very fair. It could be a long time. I would think, however, also JJ, that the North Koreans, you know, would want to eventually. Uh, uh, put something out if he is recuperating, uh, and and obviously there's a lack of transparency into North Korea, and and certainly when it deals with Kim Jong Un, there's uh, literally no transparency on issues like this. But eventually, come out with something, or, or even a picture of him, uh, or something like that. So yes, I but I think he, the likelihood of him uh, leaving that compound and. And having these guidance visits to different uh, military uh, compounds and meeting with the troops and meeting with the workers, I think that probably is not going to happen, one, if he's recuperating, and two, if he's recuperating during a period of COVID-19 affecting the uh, health situation in North Korea. So, yes, I totally agree with that. with that analysis. Anything else you want to add that I haven't asked you about that you think is important? No, I think you're looking at all the possibilities, JJ. And I, you know, going from uh, he's recuperating that we'll eventually see him to a worst case scenario where he, uh, for some reason, he deceased. Uh, but even with that worst case scenario, he has planned for succession. I think, I think those should all sort of uh, tamp down any uh, concern about, uh, you know, uh, the possibility of loose nukes, the possibility of, uh, you know, there's also always that remote possibility of a, of a coup or something uh, of that nature going on or a pandemic and of uh, people are trying to leave North Korea that's, uh, that would go into the South, that would go into China. I think, I think even in a worst case scenario of him not being there, having, uh, having passed, uh, I think uh, he has put that all into the... Uh, into the possibilities, the options that are out there. And I think he's managed that. But again, there's always that black swan. There's always that unknown, uh, unpredictable element that's always out there. So, but I think you've covered everything, JJ. Ambassador Joe Detrani, former director of the U.S. National Counterproliferation Center, and also the former special envoy from the U.S. to the six-party talks with North Korea. Very well-studied, and well-read on North Korea. And not only that, he's had some real-life, real-world experience with North Koreans sitting across the table from North Korea's top diplomats. So we can rest assured that what we learned from him today is top-notch. Coming up on our next program, we'll take another look at COVID-19 and all of the major topics around U.S. national security that are circulating around the world. In the meantime, If you have any questions or comments about our program, send me an email. That's jgreen at WTOP.com. The letter J, the color green, one word, at Whiskey Tango Oscar Papa. jgreen at WTOP.com. And we kindly ask that you subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Twitter. We're at TUSA Podcast. That's at Tango Uniform Sierra Alpha Podcast. And if you want more national security information, sign up for my newsletter. It's called Inside the Skiff. And you can do that at WTOP.com slash alerts. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA. The National Security Podcast.
I'm Autumn Calabrese, and I have a question for you. How do you do life? I might be a superstar trainer, but I'm also a boy mom, sister, daughter, friend, and entrepreneur. You might think my life is all working out and cooking healthy, delicious recipes, but trust me, there is so much more to it, and this is it. This is all of those real moments you talk about with your family and friends. Ever wonder what else life has to offer? Bring your curious appetite and let's do life together. Subscribe now at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and PodcastOne.com. Now, stay tuned for the latest headlines from the Associated Press.